I'm Tom Reardon, and this is The Cookie That's Present. Today, I'm excited to be sitting with Ishan Balmik, Global Vice President at GFK MRI. Prior to his current role, Ishan was head of advanced TV at MRI and ran data partnerships at Samba and TubeMobile. He also built a mobile data startup called Velocity. Ishan, thank you for joining us today. To kick things off, would you mind telling the audience about your role at GFK MRI? Yeah, thanks for having me again. Um, so yeah, um, today I work at GFK. Uh, I used to work at MRI Simmons, but uh, I'll talk a little bit more about GFK. Um, so I manage uh, all worldwide relationships that GFK undertakes with Amazon, Snapchat, and TikTok. And that recalls, that means all of our ad measurement products, as well as all the other things that GFK does. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and kick things off from kind of a human angle and just talk about personal data privacy. You deal with some of these huge um, technology companies as your your customers, um, but you as a consumer are someone who's always been technology interested as long as I've known you. Are, are you someone who, when you're dealing with tech companies, you feel comfortable with the exchange of, of personal data as we kind of have things uh, set up today? Yeah, I do. I I kind of see it as inevitable and being working in the you know the ad tech industry and and various forms for for ten years now after after business school uh, I've come to accept it uh, I know a lot of my peers are in various way in various parts of the spectrum um, and I do see you know I deal deal with the creep factor uh, especially when my have my friends and relatives tell me like okay so you're an ad tech you're the reason behind all these things that creep me out but um, I think it's, you know, I think us getting better as a, as an industry about the things we can do uh, is the real key to not creeping people out. So the technology is all there. It's really just us as humans and, and product folks to, to get it better. Sure. So what are, what are some instances where you feel like um, it's, it's something you're comfortable with and you feel good about? What are some instances where you think we might be able to do better? Well, I think, you know, it's not, it's not even about like doing better. I think it's about explaining ourselves better. You know, I think, um, you know, the classic example is when you, when you're at a friend's, you know, you're catching up with a friend at lunch and you talk about a certain product or you talk about a certain brand. And I only recently learned about this reading about how, you know, some of the walled gardens take location data and then they take location data of people that are logged in. Um, and then they just check out, you know, things as simple as uh, search history. And then they go, okay, two, you know, these two people that were in a location outside of their house were, were hanging out at the same place in time, you know, and they were talking about a certain product or certain, certain website um, that invokes a product. And, hey, let's serve them that ad, right? It gets creepy when we don't know that. And then we go, okay, you know, is that app listening to me? And you and I know that that would never happen, right? No, no app's going to try to be listening to anybody at any point in time without like re massive reduction in, in, um, in battery and all that. And, uh, not to mention, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, illegal things needing to be done. So, um, so what I think is, is what really happens is, is we as an industry just need to explain that better. You know, uh, if we explain it as, as, as fairly anonymized, then if that's, that's only adding to the, adding to uh, the utility of, of that particular app or that particular um, campaign. Sure. So you're, so in that instance, you're talking about passively gathered information from advertisers. 
um, where we're doing things based on how consumers have behaved in the past um, without their permission necessarily. In the GFK world, you deal with a lot of voluntarily submitted survey style panelist type data. Um, so it's kind of coming from a different ball game um, where you've actually, um, you know, the, the arrangement between the data subject and the, the person who's going to use the data is, or the advertiser who's going to use the data is very explicit. How, how does that feel different to you than, um, than the passive collection of information? Well, I think it's bulletproof in one way. It's, you know, there is a clear exchange of, of, uh, you know, incentivization. Sometimes it's monetary, right? We work at, for example, at my, my old gig at MRI Simmons, we would, we would pay surveys, uh, survey, survey takers, and, um, they would, it would range since it was a, a fairly big ask, right? But these are booklets that we would send, uh, to people's houses or we would do in-person interviews and, uh, that carried incentivization. And so, um, you know, there's a clear value exchange in that regard. And with uh, most panels, there is a value exchange and and for the right to use our data. I'm looking forward to the day where, you know, there is, um, you know, a type of micro value exchange, <laughs> you know, like maybe, maybe it's uh, like, you know, when, uh, when tokens, you know, like the basic attention token actually takes off or something like that. Um, uh, you know, when, when we can get actually uh, compensated for the attention that we give to, to, to products and campaigns. Like, I think, I think, um, there should be a value exchange at any point in time. And that's, that's why the, these old school data sets, uh, panel data, survey data, uh, are, are becoming, uh, back into, uh, fashion. And, um, frankly, um, they're not going in a way, they're not going away and becoming increasingly important for the large scale deterministic data sets to, to calibrate them, to normalize them as well. Right, sure, yep. So you were deep in that world uh, at GFK, MRI, dealing with a lot of the survey data. Um, now in your role at GFK, you're dealing with some of these more global accounts. Um, how has, has changes in IDs impacted those accounts and the services that they get from uh, GFK? Right, so, you know, at GFK, we are a you know very global, very large-scale company that provides market research in various forms, and a lot of it is based on two two capacities or two strengths and assets. One is our uh, sales data. We get point of sales data often directly from the retailer and and uh, in, in various countries. And the other one is our uh, capacity for media measurement. And th that's, um, you know, getting it from, um, you know, running the panels that are the currencies in different countries for um, uh, various uh, uh, media channels like TV or radio or, or even digital. So, um, yeah, for those for those data sets, you know, there's value exchange, um, and and it's um, there's a lot of data science that goes behind making it as accurate as possible because they are they have to be the currency for that particular media industry. Yeah, uh, and and for the data sets that are coming from the from the sales data, uh, people I think uh, overlook that or they kind of forget about you know in the in the ad world like you everybody's trying to find proxies for sales data right like store visitation or lot visitation and things like that but you know i think most people don't realize that you can actually connect it to offline sales and that's the holy grail for every marketer and basically what you're talking about is um, there was this perception for digital strategists over the last decade really that if you couldn't do user level connectivity to an action you know, did it even happen? And we almost ignored a lot of this um, offline sales data and panel-based data that a lot of times couldn't be connected to a one-to-one -one ID. 
So in your instance, right. you talked about the sales data and the, the media viewership. Were, were those kind of forgotten because they weren't attached to cookies in people's phones? Yeah, I think what happened was people went from planning, right? And they used data sets like the data sets we're talking about today. Um, and that stuff is really good for planning, right? All our everything that's calibrated and now normalized and made representative to uh, like a, like a, the U S population or the population of a, a country's choice. Um, that's great for planning and that's necessary. Right. But then they would find proxies for those audiences in the activation stage. Mm-hmm. And the activation stage was, you know, everybody, you know, I dealt with this back at two mobile when we worked together, everybody's offering a different way to, to activate. Um, now, as you can see, you know, that's kind of becoming more complicated. So people are looking back at the planning stage and going, wait, why don't we just use the data that we used to plan to activate? And then there are better ways to connect those dots, right? So there's a, there's the way that, you know, MRI Simmons did it with, with, uh, partners like TransUnion and connecting that, you know, uh, offline data to online data sets. Um, and then with companies like Experian and TransUnion, you, you don't rely on cookies. Um, so. Um, I think there there are many ways to do it, and I think connecting all the dots up and down the marketing funnel is a great thing for marketers. Right. Okay, that makes total sense. And what about brand surveys? How do they fit in the mix? You talked about offline sales. You talked about media consumption. How do surveys uh, fit for your brands? Right. So the, there's a big topic of uh, like brand lift. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Like how yeah, to exactly. measure? Yep, yep, yep. Like how how to measure? Um, you know, the uh, the capacity in which uh, going beyond performance, most marketers want to understand how can they move the needle for brand, right? And so people uh, look to companies like us for things like brand trackers, right? And so I think there are some really interesting methodologies. Some of them are actually created by us that allow um, this, these um, better ways to measure long-term effects of advertising and long-term effects of brand building. And I think it's why there's like a recent resurgence. Like I think, you know, uh, as well as a lot of us browsing LinkedIn, that Airbnb has doubled down on its brand advertising and and it's reaped the benefits. And I think this is going to be a trend in 2023. So, um, and I think it's, you know, because people are looking back into uh, uh, tools like uh, mixed market modeling. And those tools are more, um, more built to measure long-term effects of advertising. And when, when, when you start doing, you know, these, uh, you know, somewhat longer scale, uh, um, or longer window looks at lookbacks on, on certain advertising campaigns, you'll see some of the long-term effects more clearly. And, you know, we, you know, not to, you know, to let the whole, to not to let everything go, but we've looked at price elasticity as a measure of long-term effects of brand building. And so, there's a base price and, you know, the amount that that can go up over time for certain products for a particular brand or particular campaign um, that you can quantify how how brand building is it can be uh, measured over time. And I think those are exciting for um, a marketer that really wants to get back to, to building the brand. Right. Sure. Now, the, the advertisers that you tend to work with are data rich, big technology companies. Is it a paradigm shift to sell them into the idea that um, this might take time? They need to integrate surveys and offline sales. When you mention MMM, sometimes that's allergic to digital first uh, type strategists, right? Do you, yep. do you find that there's kind of a paradigm shift that you're you're helping advertisers through, or do you find that a lot of folks in these marketing departments are are eager for um, 
maybe a return to the basics or a return to the fundamentals? I, I think it's already occurred. I mean, I honestly think this has been like a trend that's been kind of years in the making and only accelerating, right? And, and um, you know, frankly, I think um, GFK uh, can always do better in talking about uh, how we um, are, are valuable for these mixed market modeling types of studies, but we're also bringing something to the table that others don't, which is the sales data. Uh, but uh, outside of GFK, you know, talking about how, um, you know, the, the big tech players themselves are looking into MMM, right? So a lot of these econometric type of, of, of methodologies and, and, and approaches. And they understand that it's going to be a requirement to not grade your own homework. So when I say not grade your own homework, all these folks already have, you know, their own platforms and they, they already have their own ways of converting, uh, or, or measuring offline sales. But, um, I will, I will, uh, you know, emphasize that it's great to have third party partners. Um, and, and we're obviously not the only ones to, to measure how well they are doing, especially as the walled gardens get larger walls and there's more of them that, uh, that come up. Yeah. I mean, thinking on a longer term, um, standpoint, we can look at the growth of retail media networks as additional mini walled gardens, places right. where independent measurement might shine. Would you think of the measurement strategies for your your partners? Could you see MMM and and this independent measurement where the advertiser controls uh, what's being compared and when? Could you see that starting to add measurability to the RMNs and the wall gardens over time? Uh, I think so. I hope so. Um, you mentioned RMNs; they're fascinating, and you know I don't claim to be an expert by any means, but I I have looked into how uh, they follow what you and I saw in the publisher world, right? So, you know, the publishers are building, uh, you know, their first party data sets are building their internal systems and stacks and data. And um, there is a, there is a learning curve, right? And, and it's only because, you know, publishers for the most part uh, weren't always technology first uh, shops. Right. And I think the same can be said about the Kroger's of the world. Right. So um, there's going to be a ramp up time. Uh, I think, you know, Walmart and Amazon are, are doing it really well. Uh, but I think there's going to be a wrap up time for everyone else. And the, it's just going to be, um, you know, a measure of the, uh, the skill set and the talent base. And, and once, and up until then, you know, all the first party data in the world is, isn't going to, um, isn't going to help retail media networks, uh, you know, do the right thing with that data, right? To make sure that you're, um, approaching, you know, the, the customer journey properly. Right. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Um, and you mentioned um, there being common kind of evolution that has to happen with, within that space. Um, let's let's use that as a chance to talk about organizational preparedness, both at um, you know your peers and and at the larger industry. When you, when you look at GFK, do you feel like you're at an organization where ID changes changes to the the landscape, the cookieless revolution? Is this stuff top of mind, and you and you feel like and you kind of have the right playbook in place to address a lot of these, or do you feel like there's still more that you guys could be doing as an org? I I think it is absolutely top of mind. Do I think that we could be doing more? Absolutely. Um, especially being in the seat where I am at, where I'm um, working a lot with the, you know, let's say the, the ad measurement folks at these large tech players, they're, um, they're telling me anecdotally that, you know, they need more support um, and they need more products and they need it faster and they need it with, let's say, smaller sample 
sizes and and they need it in more countries. And um, I think as an industry, we all need to do better. Now, I am encouraged that um, there have been a lot of like private equity moves. There's a lot of, been, a lot of mergers in, in our particular corner of the space, like NPD and IRI. And, and for us, it's uh, Nielsen IQ coming combining with GFK. So um, yeah. I, I can't speak much about the merger uh, between GFK and Nielsen IQ, but we're really excited about the potential of printing, putting together a lot of different sales data sets together for on behalf of our clients. And this is, you know, we can talk more about it when the, when the deal actually closes. Um, but, um, I think it, it's just going to be tremendously exciting, um, for the folks that are in, are in, are in our space collecting different data sets for offline use. Okay, awesome. So you feel like on the the tech and the ad tech front, there's companies making the right moves um, to allow the sort of things we need to do in the future to stay relevant as advertisers. Um, when you look on the ad side and you look at the buy side, do you think you mentioned that um, you know, those advertisers asking for things? Do they are they taking enough action on their end, or do you think there's maybe more that um, you'd want to see from the buy side or from advertisers themselves? Well, this is a somewhat of a selfish answer, but I, I'd love advertisers to make sure that they're getting independent sources of measurement and independent sources of um, of uh, that quality, right? And then making sure that they, um, you know, it's it's already so hard for the buy side, right? Because these new channels are popping up, and you know, CTV is taking off, and there's you know the whole thing about how how to measure CTV and what's the currency for for TV. So that's, you know, it's not like the headaches are getting any smaller for the buy side. Um, I think these are growing pains and it can only be better once we're in a spot where um, we get holistic measurement for all the channels and it's apples to apples truly. Um, so, um, you know, one way of doing that is making sure that you, you know, like I going back to the, the, the pitch I had for MRI Simmons, you know, making sure you what you use to plan across all the channels is what you're using to activate across all the channels. So at least you have apples to apples from planning to, to activation. I'm, you know, at GFK, we could say, okay, well now connect it with stuff that you actually care about, which is sales data or, or make sure that you're working with a partner that has uh, the highest quality of panel data and survey data, because we are the currencies in different countries all over the world. So even as independent measurement potentially becomes more difficult, as data scarcity becomes more of a problem, some of the, the walled gardens are, are, the walls are only getting greater. You think now is the time to not be intimidated by that, though. It's still time to lean in and get your independent measurement framework right. Yes. And, and there are certain walled gardens that I think are doing well to be agnostic, right? And I, I, I do uh, have to give it up to Meta in this regard. Like, They've open sourced a lot of their, uh, there's certain projects that they've open sourced in terms of in, in measurement. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's the right way to do it. Um, yeah. I, I totally agree. I was catching up with someone from Meta this morning about GLF and Robin and, and just the fact that they've chosen to make that self available and they've built communities where people can, uh, kind of throw darts at the methodology and, and compare it against, um, you know, Google's, um, open source GLF methodology, which is another, another great thing. Um, it feels like it's it's a time where um, the details are out of the woodwork, right? And we can kind of collaboratively talk about the future of, of GLF, the future of MMM, and the future of idealist measurement. 
Yeah. And let's talk about, you know, geo left in general. Like, uh, I think, you know, right now it's the walled gardens that are doing geo left well because they are able to target so, so easily and so, um, granularly, right? I think once this, um, becomes more and more available to marketers, um, um, company, companies that have things like sales data, you know, the, the way that we run our GeoLeft studies, it's very important to you for us to turn on and off the campaign in certain areas. That's why we can do AP testing and, you know, are always on sales data can then just see there's, you know, the differences in the correlation in, um, in sales data to compare to where, uh, there was exposed versus unexposed. All that is made possible with geo left like on from the walled gardens like granular targeting based on geography and it's also possible by companies that have store level um granularity so um i hope that once you know store level granularity is becoming more and more important because of these geo left studies um then gfk will be in a better better position sure well, with that, Sean, we talked about the value of offline and panel-based data sets. We talked about the value of independent measurement. Uh, we talked about combining your planning data with your activation data. Any any other notes that you want to end on? Any other advice you'd like to leave our audience today? No, I mean, I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, we've we've been uh, connected since the two mogul days, Tom, and and you're always you know the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, for, for at Tube Mogul uh, for many different things. So you were my go-to when I would have questions about, um, you know, all these measurement aspects. So I'm, I'm happy to, to help in any sh- way, shape or form. Um, and, um, and thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. And, uh, thank you on behalf of our audience for, for joining us. So all if right. you enjoyed what you saw today, uh, feel free to click that subscriber bell on my profile. And thank you for joining us for the cook of this present. Cheers. Thank you.